The Okie Geek Podcast is brought to you by Okie Comics, an anthology publication showcasing the talents of Oklahoma creators with stories featuring Oklahoma. Copies are available at Got Games in Dell City, Green Bambino, Paseo Plunge, and My Chic Geek in Oklahoma City, and Waving Wheat Bakery and Bistro in Norman, as well as your favorite comic book store and nearest library. You can find out more locations and more information at okiecomics.com. Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode 225 of the Okie Geek Podcast, brought to you by Okie Comics. I'm Michael Cross. This Saturday, Red Dirt D&D is going live on Twitch with an adventure run and written by cast member Kiri Hester. One Shot at Love will be Kiri's first time writing an adventure for Dungeons and & Dragons, and we are excited to have her on the show. Kiri, welcome back to the Okie Geek Podcast. 225? That's so many. I know. We've been doing this for a little while now. Just a little while. We don't I do feel it as special. That like, feels like a special number. It should be, Yes. I think that 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 that's a good reason to have you on. So uh, tell us about uh, this the the one shot at love. What is what is this about? So when we did our Christmas Carol theme, one shot per Christmas, mm. it was great, and I love a good theme. Right. I can get behind a good theme, and so I thought to myself, we could do other holidays, and so. My mind was drawn to Valentine's Day. So we have Valentine's Day coming up. And so One Shot at Love is my first writing. And I'm heckin' nervous, but <laughs> it'll be fine. I feel like as a teacher, I have enough practice being like, oh, this didn't take as much time as I planned to. Let's add stuff in. We'll improv mm-hmm. this. It'll be fine. So I'm confident uh, yet a little nervous, but I feel like it'll be okay. And if it doesn't, it's just on the internet forever. Yeah, well, and you're a, you're an English teacher too, and a mythology teacher. So for you, storytelling should kind of come second nature. I also have a minor in creative writing. There I did go. that in college, so <laughs> I I feel like it'll be fine. The hardest thing is that like the person that I would trust the most to help me write my own stuff is Ash. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to tell them because they're in it. And I don't want to reveal all of the secrets. So my home DM has been really great. And then Joe, who's in my home game, is really great at mechanics and Mm -hmm. the crunch and munch. And so um, he's been really great at helping me balance everything and make sure that I have I feel like I have a tendency to be too easy on my PCs. Mm -hmm. I feel like um, every time I would show Joe like this character, he'd be like, "Mm, that's, that's too easy of a combat for level nine, Kiri. They're level nine. Um, Level eight. Or eight. They're level eight. Or are we level nine? That'd be fine. I wouldn't have any problem going level eight. Level eight. You need to turn this up a little. Uh, So that's really great. I will say the most thing I'm most excited about is... Um, the loot. I made loot for you guys if you're successful. So, um, and it's really great, but I feel like it's going to be great. So the physician, Roger, Mm -hmm. in Christmas Carol, at the end of the Christmas Carol, he gave um, the party 
uh, four coins. So one represents Christmas past, Christmas present, Christmas future. And they have like, you can ask it one question about the past, one question about the present, one question about the future, and they'll answer it. But he also gave a fourth coin that he's going to use to communicate and be like, hey, I need you to do this thing. So I feel like these one shots, I don't, Although I guess you could technically call it kind of a campaign because we're keeping the mm -hmm. same PCs in the same kind of world. I'm not really building the whole world at once. I'm just kind of building it piece by piece in these little capsulated adventures, if that makes sense. Well, and that's what they say how to do. You don't don't try to make a big, huge world. Start with a village and then grow out from there. And so that's. Right. Do you have an idea of the world that you though that you've created or even a land or what do you have a name? No. Okay. <laughs> so the town of Grace is where Christmas Carol was. Mm -hmm. uh, the town for One Shot at Love is Ville de l'Amour, um, Village of the Love. Village of Love, uh, yes. <laughs> and so the physician will reach out and ask you guys to do a favor. Um, and you're gonna go to see Ville de l'Amour where um, people are known to fall in love and get married, but something has gone awry and you have to solve the mystery and save the people and all that good stuff. Do you feel like you, uh, are, are, are there lessons that you learned from dungeon mastering in the Christmas episode that you are able to take into the next show? Um, yes. I think the thing I took from it most and, um, don't metagame too hard on this right. next this weekend. Um, <laughs> but I feel like sometimes not every combat is meant to kill the bad guy. Like it's okay if the goal is not to kill the bad guy and it's more of a puzzle to save the bad guy. And so I feel like that is great, especially since, you know, you've been playing with me for a while. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of a soft hearted person. Um, I don't, unless the the thing is truly irredeemable or like a like monstrosity for lack of a better term i don't want to kill it it's <laughs> sentient and it has hopes and dreams even if they're misguided um so i also really enjoyed with um with this one working in as many valentine's day stuff as i could like little like nods to like different love stories throughout the ages. I was going to say, are we going all the way back to like St. Valentine to, you know, that's, that's not a necessarily very pretty story either. No, <laughs> we may see cameos from um, such love characters as like Eros our mm -hmm. you know, the Cupid, um, Hathor, who's our ancient Egyptian love goddess mm -hmm. um, comes by in name only, but there um pepe le pew <laughs> and it's i'm just super i'm glad for all of the little tidbits here and there and i feel like i think the hardest part was i knew where i wanted to have it end up and i knew enough about storytelling that when you have a big climactic moment like we need to have this big kind of climactic it's easier to work backwards mm -hmm. So I need to figure out how do I get them where I would like for them to be. And so then trying to make sure that I planted enough like clues and incentives without like making it, this is the one designated path. So I needed to plan for, are they going to get there by going this route? Or are they going to get there by going this route? Mm -hmm. If they go up the mountain, what obstacles are they going to face? If they go around, what obstacles are they going to face? Right. 
Right. Did you, you now, of course we haven't, we've only been, it's only been two months ish since the last one we did, but have you felt get, do you feel more comfortable doing it because you're doing it with people that we work with, that you work with at Red Nerd D and D? A hundred percent, a hundred, a hundred percent, especially since I know that two things. One, I know you all know how D and D works. Yes. Um, you all know how to play your characters at least enough that I don't, care like if you make a little mess up here and there i don't really care you're not going to break the game right. and number two you know those mechanics but you also like you understand you can tell when i'm just gonna like let something go right does that make sense yes. like yeah sure that works um we need to move <laughs> along so i feel like you guys are good at understanding story and understanding um the mechanics of it because that's what we do at red dirt right mm -hmm. we we can kind of tell we're getting to a point especially now that we're 30 some odd episodes in that we can tell when ash is ready for us to move on right <laughs> right and we don't we don't belabor the point too much we, we we go okay that's that's good enough we've done what we need to do and then we need to move on uh, because it, sometimes it can kind of it kind of can kind of drag and the the nice thing is we actually go with you being dming we're, we know that you're fairly new at this so we have a lot of patience with that. And I think that helps because we don't want to feel like you're, you're being pressured to you know, let you tell the story rather than right. having to worry about, oh, what's the armor class of this? What's the, you know, or what we used to do back in first edition AD&D where, you know, what is the two hit AC zero? You know, that's not the big, that's not what this is about. This is about telling a great story. Right. And I'm excited about these characters. I like these characters that you guys have built. They're so different from Red mm -hmm. Dirt. And that pleases me. Yeah. I, oh, so you've, you've, can we, can we go over what you've asked us to do? The homework that, that, that you've asked yeah, us to do? Yeah, I've given you some homework. Uh, your homework is to come up with, uh, there's going to be a point in the story where I may ask you to describe the most heartbreaking moment of your life. Mm -hmm. And that is your homework. I don't need to know it. You don't need to tell me. You don't need to tell anybody else. But if I ask you to describe it, I don't want you to be just like, uh, uh, right. Uh. So you've thought of it beforehand and you understand. And I feel like that homework also, sometimes we don't think about, we think about our character in the way of things that have shaped them and stuff like that, but we don't always think about how does this character feel love and how does this character feel heartbreak? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, especially in like little one shot characters with this one, you guys built those characters for that one shot. And we thought, oh, we may do this again. We may not, who knows? And so you didn't, you know, think that hard into him. Um, right. So uh, that's, yeah, that's going to probably come up um, just so that, have you thought about it? Have you done your homework? I have. Well, I, the, the first one was the, I think you'd also ask our opinions of love. What is our character's mm. thought of love? And I thought, well, Elisard is a, a bard of eloquence. He is a, a writer, a singer, a, you know, an artist. And to him, it got me thinking about my character. You're right. All I'd really kind of done is thrown something together. But then I'm thinking, okay, he's Eladrin. He's, he's in love with love. The idea of love is he's a poet. He's an artist. And to, you know, so it made me really think about what I'm bringing to the character more than just his statistics, which right. is all I really thought about for the Christmas show. Big story because I, just something I just kind of threw together for that. But it, it uh, your question allowed me to flesh it out a lot more 
Um, and, and so I'm, I'm very excited to be able to, I'm, I'm actually, I don't want to tell it to you what my heartbreak <laughs> story is, but I'm really we'll excited for you to ask up, me. So I'm it. excited to see yeah. it then. Yeah. And so it's, it, it's, it's very interesting. I spent about, you know, a, a, the three or four days just kind of really contemplating what would this character think about with love? And every one of our characters is so uniquely different. I'm really looking forward to seeing everyone else's reaction to it as well. Mm -hmm. it, it puts something specific into the character rather than just a generic piece of paper. Right. Well, and just thinking about like Johnny's character, Sothari feels friendship very strongly. Mm -hmm. And so the way he values love is through those connections. And they're not always romantic connections, but they are through friendship and he values those kinds of things. Isa is very lone wolf style. So how they contemplate love and feel about love is going to be different. Mm -hmm. I don't know yet. We'll find out. Yeah. But I feel like that's the kind of the cool thing that we're going to get to explore with One Shot at Love is it's not all romantic love, but it is featured heavily just because Valentine's Day. Yeah. And how do you feel about Valentine's Day? Uh, personally, mm -hmm. I don't have super strong feelings uh, for the last 10 years or so. Um, I was with a chef who always had to work on Valentine's Day. So oh. I spent Valentine's Day by myself for the last like 10 years or so. Um, so I just learned to love me and my cat. <laughs> See, because everyone has different, my, my wife uh, grew up in a household where Valentine's Day was, uh, I don't want to say akin to Christmas, let's say akin to one of your other, like Halloween. It was a, akin mm -hmm. to a major holiday. Uh, to them, they major gifts, a lot of stuff. And for some people it's like, meh, and of course, yeah. for some pe single people out there, I know it's 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 kind of uh, some a little bit heartbreaking. I don't know. When I was single, I used to love Valentine's Day because usually the day after, that's the day to get candy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I mean, I really enjoy spending it with my students. Um, mm -hmm. So it's on a Sunday this year, so we won't be together. But on Friday, I'll give them a little um, piece of candy, Valentine's. Um, and I mean, well, Dakota and I will spend some time together, probably remodeling our bathroom because yes. we're still working on that. Still working. I see all the pictures out of the household that just all the <laughs> new, new things that you guys are doing in the house. It's really cool. Uh, now, so, and I, yeah, I was, I was also thinking that when I was in, in school, Valentine's, you just had a box maybe, or you just kind of put the Valentine's on the desk or whatever. Now kids I'm seeing out on Pinterest, kids are getting just clever more and more clever one made a baby yoda right. uh, thing out of for their valentine's but it's like wow i wish i could have been allowed to be that creative when i was in school yeah, we uh i'm in high school so we don't do those but i will say my mythology class is studying chinese mythology right now and lunar new year is happening the same week so that's happening this week, Year of the Ox. So we're enjoying um, focusing on that and kind of, we kind of have been talking about like which signs are super compatible with other signs and they've really enjoyed that as well. Is, uh, what is, what is the ox? So I don't even know the difference in the Chinese astrological signs. Uh, so the ox is, they're stubborn. They tend to not like to ask for help um, and they, they're, but they're very caring. They will mm -hmm. pull the weight of their friends and their, their loved ones for them. So like my brother is an ox and he has a tendency to be the silent helper. And so the ice storm that came through in October, he just showed up at my house with a chainsaw. 
I didn't even know he was here until I heard the chainsaw in my yard and was concerned. <laughs> so they, the oxes are great. And so if you are an ox, then this is your year to shine, my friends. It's always a lucky year when it's your year. That's really cool. And I, you know, unfortunately, I don't know nearly enough about Chinese uh, mythology uh, as, I, as, as much as I do the Western, uh, Norse, Greek, Egyptian, but I don't know much. Is it, do you find that way also with your students that they are more into the Norse mythos than, or not no, more into, more knowledgeable about coming into it with Norse mythos and than they are about maybe Chinese uh, or, or even Native American mythos? They, they love Norse. They always want to do Norse because they love the Thor movies. Mm -hmm. uh, the Marvel has really kind of amped that up. Um, and I teach in a predominantly white school district, mm -hmm. so it tends to follow a lot of their genealogical lines and stuff like that as well. So we always put Norse at the end. We always oh, yeah. do Norse at the end of the year. We always start with ancient Egypt and then everything in the middle, I let them pick and it just kind of fits. So they, um, I've also seen a rise in interest in Japanese, uh, just wow, because yeah. of the popularity of anime and stuff like that especially since some of those things are um like china chinese and japanese mythology shows up in anime mm -hmm. um dragon ball z features a lot of stories of the monkey king just rebranded so we've enjoyed talking about those things um but it's interesting to have them look at different cultures they may not have thought of so we're finishing up china and we're going to move on to my cat is super Talk I was going to say that uh, the cat is very loud. I thought it was a child. I'm like, you don't have any children. How? Why am I hearing cat. a child in the background? Um, we're doing Mesoamerica after this. So oh, that's Mayans, awesome. Uh, Maya's and Aztecs. When we get back from spring break, we'll do Celtic. They also tend to really enjoy Celtic. I'm not a huge fan of Celtic because I have to look up how to say the names like 27 times. The names are very hard. I can do Hindu names. I can do Chinese names. I can do Japanese names. Those Celtic names give me every time. I think Manon and McLear is the only one I can actually say. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> the other ones are so much harder. It's, yeah. So, and we look at, um, but yeah, they're always excited about, you know, like Ragnar Lothbrok and all of those guys, mm -hmm. Odin and stuff like that. It is interesting to see them when they actually learn the, archaeological evidence that we have about like Thor and Loki and Odin. And they're always like, Oh, that character is not as great as I thought they were. Yeah. Yeah. And also Odin's if they're basing a it off more of, power hungry than yes. I thought he was. If they're basing it all off of the Marvel movies, it's a, it, yeah, Thor isn't, you know, it's, I, I sometimes see some of the things that Thor does and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's not the Marvel character at all. Is, yeah, he's not. Yeah. Which is why whenever I see him actually portrayed in some other forms, like, oh, wow, that's a much more accurate inter interpretation of him than than what we get from Marvel. And I'm guessing we that's do talk that. about um, sorry, we do talk about Frog Thor, um, which is, you know, that was a comic book, but it was based on an actual story wherein Loki turns Thor into a frog. Um, and he has he's stuck as a frog for a while. Uh, and so we enjoy talking about that. And um, in the comic book, Loki turns Thor into a frog and he fights a bunch of rats in Central Park. Oh, now, did, 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 there's also got these kids that have grown up with the Percy Jackson novels. Does that help as well the Percy Jackson and Magnus Chase and those novels, YA novels that, that based that get based off of those mythologies as well. So generally 
I have more kids that read Percy Jackson than Magnus Chase or the Egyptian equivalent. I can't think of the name of right now. So that will the red pyramid, I think, or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I won't be wrong. Go ahead. They that impacts us more first semester because we talk about Greek and Roman mythology first semester to give us that foundation. And so it takes a little bit to kind of break their their lines of thinking. Perseus is not a son of Poseidon. Um, and the way he is conceived is very different. Mm-hmm. And so that's always interesting, but we also cover so many stories that they don't like get. Even in um, a lot of junior high, we'll look at mythologies in like literature class or reading class, and um, they'll hit some of the big hitters, Orpheus, Eurydice, Cupid, and Psyche, stuff like that. But then we'll hit some of the the, the avoided, the, the King Minos, the Io, and Argus, and those kinds of things. And so sometimes it takes a little bit to break their thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but we always get there and have a good time. I would have loved your class when I was in high school. Cause that's, I love that kind of stuff. Of course I was, I deities and demigods, the, the book I, I used to have that and loved it and kept reading it over and over again, because I just, I love the idea of the, the, the myths and the stories that they tell, which are still a, uh, applicable to d- today. And they were, they're super helpful in storytelling and I think are going to be super helpful in DMing because I, those just live in my brain rent free. Mm-hmm. And so I can, because those stories are universal to people and cultures, I can pull those and work them in here and there. And I don't have to like come up with those stories wholesale. They're all just kind of living in there by themselves. Is there anything that you're worried about on Saturday for the uh, one shot at love? So whereas I was, I underestimated the amount of time Christmas Carol would took, I think I'm overesting, overestimating the amount of time this one's going to take. We may be done a lot faster than I originally planned, <laughs> but um, it all depends on how, it's also like really easy to see the clues when you're the one who makes the clues. Right. So maybe it'll take you guys longer to see the clues than I do, but I think it's going to be great. There's some good characters in there. And I was um, pulling, I've recently started playing video games. I am new to video games. I've only been playing video games for like two or three years. And I mean like big plot video games, Mm -hmm. specifically Legend of Zelda. So I pulled in some, like pulling from that experience. There's a couple of things in the story that if you do not interact with this character, then you're not going to get this thing. And that thing would have been helpful later on. Can you do it later on without the thing? Yes. But it would have been easier and faster if you had the thing. Right. So I'm confident and nervous and confident. Just like when you know the lines, you know your lines, you're about to go on stage and you it's the stage jitters, the opening night jitters kind of a thing. You know, the butterflies in the stomach type of, of feeling. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I can, I can get that. I, so when are, when, so, so for the, the audience, when is one shot at love and where can people find it? So we are on twitch.tv slash redger and And that's going to be at noon central time, noon, Oklahoma time on Saturday, February the 13th. Um, and Johnny Payne and I are also getting on that Twitch, that same Twitch at 7 PM Oklahoma time tomorrow mm-hmm. or Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you count that, I'm proud of you. Um, so there's more information about Poppy Tea Leaf. We're going to talk about Poppy Tea Leaf, but we'll also talk One Shot at Love. 
Yeah, the same day that we're releasing episode 31. Uh, so you could catch uh, episode 31, find out what happens with the, the, the Caliban crew uh, as Zonimus is sleeping. And, <laughs> uh, and, and, and then, and also listen to, to go to Twitch. The, I, one of the things I love about Twitch is you can go to the red dirt DND twitch.com slash red dirt DND and join. And then you get alerted, uh, through, through email, you get alerts when they're about to go live. So yep. that's the best way to do it right now. And if you didn't get to listen to Johnny's interview with me on Wednesday live, you can still catch it. Mm -hmm. So if you get to it. Um, before one shot at love, then there's probably some information in there that you'll enjoy because it'll live on the Twitch for a while before it goes away. That's right. And uh, for for Red Dirt D and D, it's it's kind of hard because we we record a little bit longer. But uh, how are you feeling right now about where Red Dirt D and D is is heading? Oh my goodness, it's like great. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but Ash put me through it a lot, and I feel like unfortunately especially where we're sitting at right now between between episodes 30 and 31 the poor listeners are very confused poppy has made some very confusing decisions which has made sense in poppy's mind but she hasn't had a chance to vocalize her line of thinking and so the poor listeners i have like four or five people saying what is going on <laughs> This makes yeah. no sense. So I'm hoping that next weekend of the 20th, when we record um, our next batch of episodes, that it'll come up and I can talk through it probably with Zonimus. <laughs> and there are some questions answered in episode 31. We do actually discuss. We have a really good discussion amongst the characters about Oh. Curious I hesitate choice. to call that a discussion and more to call that uh, like a parental lecture. It felt <laughs> very luxury while I was experiencing it. Um, and I texted Johnny about it later. It's like, you missed it. You missed a chance to yes. team up on me with my, with Gideon and Jubilee and Mokran. Just my, who needs two dads when I can have four parents? <laughs> We're all, all talking down to Poppy sort of. Physically, I mean, and, I get it. It makes her decisions have been questionable. Her judgment has been questionable. So I get it. But I, that's kind of where I'm sitting right now. Like, I'm interested to see where we're going to go. But the whole tea leaf thing is just going to live in the back of my brain for a while before I can convince myself that it's not just going to sneak up behind me again. I understand that. All right. So we're going to uh, we're going to go go out now. But where can people find you on the World Wide Web if they need to, to find you? I am at Ginger Halfling on Twitter. Um, I think Instagram, I have to be the Ginger Halfling because someone took it. <laughs> but I'm also newly on TikTok at Ginger Halfling. And Johnny and I are both on there. And we actually reveal some like little tidbit secrets um, on, on TikTok the other day. So you can find us there. And so, yeah. And that's all. I didn't know. Do you know you're doing a TikTok thing? I've never tried TikTok yet. It uh, makes me it. sound like an old person. <laughs> what, I'm very what is new TikTok? To it. Uh, yes, uh, I just haven't had a chance to check it out yet. So that may be an excuse to go go check that out. D and D yeah. World on TikTok, D and D Talk, as it's called, is actually surprisingly large. Wow. Okay, I will definitely have to check that out. Fantastic. And then one shot at love at noon on noon Central Time, noon on in Oklahoma, on the Twitch channel, twitch.com slash Red Dirt D and D. Yep. Fantastic. Kiri, thank you so much for joining us and we will see you 
uh, virtually live like this uh, on uh, Saturday. I look forward to it. Thanks, Gary. Thanks. So that's going to do it for our show. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Okie Geek Podcast. You can also find that as our address for our Gmail account. We'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at KOSU Michael C. And do you or someone you know have an event coming up? Well, please let us know so we can talk about it on our show. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify and Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure and subscribe, rate us, and leave a comment. Until next time, along with Kiri Hester, I'm Michael Cross, reminding you to keep calm and geek on.